From the UTRGV School of Medicine, this is the Wellness Podcast. In this episode, we get a chance to sit down with Valerie and Hector. Hector is one of our outstanding MS3 students who had the military play a role in his path to medicine. And with that, I give you our next episode. Welcome listeners. My name is Valerie Rivera and I'm the clinical therapist for School of Medicine students. Today we have a special guest that will be talking to us about his journey in medical school and how the military has helped us get here. So welcome Hector. Tell us a little bit about who you are and um, what it is that you're doing here. Hi, uh, my name is Hector uh, Rivera Marrero. I'm currently, I'm about to be a third year medical student here at UTRGV School of Medicine. And overall, like my process to get to medical school was, you know, like a lot of my classmates, a little non-traditional out of college. I didn't know what I really wanted to do. Well, I'll rephrase that. I didn't know what to do, but in my heart of hearts, I thought I wanted to do medicine because I felt like it blended more with like my like personal feelings on like helping people. And uh, I was kind of lost. So I went to into the workforce for for two years. And then um, I always wanted to like serve in the US military. And I found the opportunity of acquiring the health profession scholarship program. And the way that works is that you uh, first have to get into medical school. And after you get into medical school, you apply to the uh, scholarship program. Uh, the scholarship program is depending on like everyone's different. So there's Army, Navy, and Air Force. I applied via Air Force. Um, there is there is now an MCAT requirement. I believe if you're under a 505 in your MCAT, it is autom- below that. You have to like go, your application goes to a committee and they have to approve it to get in there's gpa requirements and stuff like that um but if you are above the 505 threshold you have automatic acceptance um overall the applicant the um application process is a little long um it's a little interesting so once you get in um before you commission and all that stuff commissioning is like formally getting your rank in the u.s military um you have to go basically to get your like military physical. So like I'm here in South Texas and the processing station I had to go to was in San Antonio to the air force base there and basically get processed. Uh, they just work you up head to toe to see if you have any disqualifying medical conditions. Um, aside from that, uh, the overall process is just making sure like you're a good fit for the spot. Um, I would say it's not the, it is somewhat competitive uh, at times because it, there's a limited amount of spots per branch of the military. So it literally depends of when you apply in the cycle, um, if you will get it. I will say though, that if you do the, do this like scholarship program, um, you really need to understand what you're getting yourself into. Um, I had a rough idea what I was getting myself into, but one of the things is like, you have to understand that you are um, becoming part of the U.S. military. Um, although the medical side is a little bit different than like the regular military body, um, you have commitments that you have to uh, 
get done, right? Because that's you make an agreement with them and they'll pay for your school. Um, but it comes at a, a cost, you know, like you have to do, uh, in my case, I signed a four-year agreement and the four-year agreement came, uh, came with a stipend and a bonus. So the four-year agreement has a $20,000 bonus and a monthly stipend of roughly $2,400, a little bit over that. And that's supposed to cover rent, books, um, any books that aren't covered, food, lodging, uh, like lodging, all that stuff. So and any miscellaneous stuff like housing, food, water, gas, all that stuff is covered by $2,400. Um, it's, it's doable. I will say that it facilitates a lot of stuff. Um, but there's also, um, so there is a commit, the commitment that you do is every year that they cover for uh, service, like every year they cover school, they pay for it. You give one back of service. Um, so since I agreed for four years, they paid for four years of medical school. I get four years back of active duty. So okay. active tell duty, us a little bit. Tell, yeah. Tell us about that active duty. What does that entail after so does that is that during the time that you're in medical school does that start during the time you're in medical school like during your time off or after the fact okay so yeah so there's a really interesting term uh that's used uh during your time in medical school uh you have to based on your agreement one of the things i can say there's two scholarship options in the air force um there's a three-year and a four-year i opted for the four-year so that means I have to do four active duty tours within my scholarship time. And it is not like uh, you become basically in my time now that I'm in uh, medical school, I'm considered ready reserve or uh, IRR and I am inactive. I just do school. They just make sure I have to do like every so often they send you an email, certain trainings you have to do online. Um, it's not that common. But one of the things you do have to do is these active duty tours. These active duty tours um, basically encompass your uh, commissioning uh, for Air Force is a COT or the Commission Officer Training School. Um, for the Air Force, there is the aerospace. Uh, let me, I actually have it here. So it is the aerospace medicine primary course or uh, AMP 101 course. And this is basically like uh, your. Uh, like med like aerospace medicine in general, like family medicine for like pilots. Um, that's like the simplest way I can put it. Mm -hmm. um, and these courses, uh, these active duty tours are like a set amount of time. So let's say your basic training for officers caught uh, for, for people in healthcare or professionals, it's five and a half weeks. And we, Air Force, you go to Montgomery, Alabama for five and a half weeks and you just learn um, military, uh, military theory, uh, learn the rank system, uh, what are your responsibilities and obligations as a member of the United States Air Force, uh, and many other things. Okay. Uh, when you started, um, before you started medical school, is this the route that you knew you wanted to take through the military? Genuinely, yes. I always wanted to. I was always like had this inkling that I wanted to do it. Um, I didn't know what I would really entail. Like I just had this idea of what it was. Mm -hmm. And once I actually got it going through it, I was like, oh, okay, this is a little bit 
tougher and like trickier than I thought. Um, but yeah, overall, this is more or less what I wanted to do. Um, it has helped quite a bit. I will, I will say. How so? Uh, like caught isn't for somebody that hasn't gone through that type of experience before. Um, like people that were prior in the military would have a better understanding of this, especially if they come through basic training, which is much longer. It's like nine and a half weeks, depending what branch you did can be from anywhere from nine weeks to 13 weeks. And, um, the experience is very like, you have a very like strict regimented, like day, day in, day out. Like your life is like for that period of time, you, you are told when to wake up, when to eat. Um, officer training school is a little bit different, uh, because after your first couple of days, like you are in charge of your schedule and you cannot deviate from the schedule. So it helps with organization and understanding, like, like if you're going to do something, do it right. Um, there are times like you cannot solve all the problems. So you're going to try to solve it to the best of your ability, stuff like that. Okay. So I'm assuming that the fourth year you're, it's going to look different, right? Um, fourth year application process into residency may differ from what your other peers um, mm -hmm. have to go through. So tell us a little bit about that process. Okay. So this is like one of the interesting things about the military is that depending on your scholarship, there are opportunities for you. Like there is a requirement that all of us that have the scholarship have to apply to the military match. So the military match is actually called the uh, Joint Services Graduate Medical Education Selection Board. Uh, that's what's the military match. Uh, it's uh, the acronyms like JS, uh, JSGMESB. And basically, this is like a very interesting thing because um, from my understanding, ERAS for the match is done via an algorithm, while the actual military match is done by a board of individuals. And they get together and they determine who goes where, who will be the best fit somewhere. Um, How do so, you determine that? Is that based on like a skill set that you present with or? Tell us a little bit more about that. So one of the interesting things that I have been um, told um, that's kind of very important is when you do your active duty tours, after you've done your, um, uh, like my case, I have two, I basically have two active duty tours left. Um, actually, technically three, because I haven't been able to do the aerospace medicine uh, course because of COVID, it like messed with a lot of people's schedules. And it th those active duty tours during fourth year, uh, where we do away rotations, I do away rotations on military hospitals. And during these times, these are my this counts of my active duty tour. And basically, you expose yourself to the people you would work with at these military hospitals, and this really gives you a leg up when it comes to a military match because they know who you are. They know how you work, your work ethic. Um, also, don't forget, like, your grades matter. So how you perform in medical school is important. How you did in your step exams is important. Now, step one being pass-fail. Step two is a really big deal, like, how you did in step two. Um, have you been, like, what's, like, what's the path you want to take in medicine? And also another thing is, what is the need? 
mm. that the military has for that specialty. Yeah. So do because you it, have input? Yeah, kind of like you have. Uh, so when you fill out uh, on mods, which is like when you select your, uh, you have to like basically rank every hospital okay. that the every military hospital for like the specialty that you want to do. And you have to rank them in order. You're required to rank all of them. One, number one to how many there are available to you. And okay. if you don't match there, um, that's when they let you, uh, you already should have applied to the civilian match as well. And they'll like permit you to go into the civilian match. If you don't match there, well, what happens is usually you go into a transitional year, like you do in medical school, you just find uh, a spot and that's what you do. Um, okay. So essentially, but, but yeah. there's like a backup then, right? Like you mm -hmm. start with the military match, I guess. And then if that doesn't work out, then you still have a backup through civilian. Yes. Okay. For the Air Force, at least that's so uh, this, uh, the Air Force requires you to apply to both. For for the Air Force side, because apparently each HPSP's program is slightly different when it comes to the uh, military match. Okay. Okay. So this is specific to the Air Force. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, specialties, right? So tell us a little bit about what specialties or residency programs the military has to offer. So uh, it's kind of, it's good because the interesting thing about the Air Force is that everything's available to you, almost every specialty. And the thing is, a lot of people are, that go into this scholarship are more interested in, um, you know, emergency medicine, family medicine, uh, internal medicine, um, general surgery. There are other specialties like orthopedic surgery, dermatology, all of those are available. Radiology, radiation oncology, every special, every spe almost every specialty is available for you in the Air Force. There's only a very limited amount of spots. Mm -hmm. um, but then again, not a lot of people apply for them because the, the general interest isn't in those um, certain spots. Like one of my interests is ophthalmology. Currently in the Air Force, this past match, there are only two spots mm. in Southside. Southside, which is in San Antonio. And that's the only program that offers ophthalmology, but I believe only six people applied. So it's it's kind of a, a toss-up of how, how it'll go. But every year when that list gets updated, uh, sometimes more spots are available, less spots are available. It is literally based on what is needed. What is it like? That's the biggest thing that they even when you join the scholarship, they will tell you, yes, you have the opportunity, but at the same time, you have to take into account what is needed in the Air Force. Okay, so those six people that applied to that program, there was only two spots, which means that four didn't essentially get in, right? So do they then go into the civilian match or what happens to them? Okay, so this is um, for, there are options where you match, where you like choose the civilian deferment route for another specialty or for that specialty if it's available. And yes, if you're given that spot and you go to the civilian match and you match somewhere, they will, um, this is where I, I need to understand a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, is like, this is where I'm still a little fuzzy about if you actually give the opportunity or not. So I really can't. This one, I don't know. This one truly take with a grain of salt. I don't know what the, interaction is for like people like in ophthalmology because yeah. on top there's there's the military match there's civilian sponsored and there's civilian deferred um the military match you're in the military 
Great. Civilian-sponsored is interesting because civilian-sponsored could be at the same hospital, but what happens is you are technically a civilian, but the military funds your residency. So basically you get more money than the average resident. You get supplemented an additional 20 grand a year, which is pretty nice. But every year of residency that you do in a civilian-sponsored, you have to give back to the military. So it adds to your service commitment. And finally, there's the civilian deferred. And those is basically you uh, apply for the position. If it's available, you owe nothing to the military. You go into your status during the HPSP program, which is the IRR, the Ready Reserves, and you just do the civilian uh, residency program. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a variety of different options, right? And I think this takes us to the next part of like, what are some of the benefits? or even some of the drawbacks of being in medical school with a military scholarship? I would say a lot of the pros are have to do more with financial stability. Um, just for the simple fact that you don't have to get loans if you're pretty frugal or if the cost of, li- if the cost of living is pretty low where you live, um, you have more money to like play around with stuff. And it gives you a lot more financial independence for sure, especially when you finish medical school. Like, um, I feel like being on this scholarship has forced me to become more, a little bit more financial savvy and uh, not just budgeting, but like literally learning more about like what is like finance in medicine and like my life after, not just like uh, medicine in the military, but my future as a civilian physician. Um, once yeah. I once I finish my service commitment, uh, that's a really big pro. Uh, another big pro is uh, basically you get to travel quite a bit. It can be within the United States. It could be outside of the United States. Uh, I've been told by some people that did family residency once they finished, they got stationed in Turkey for like their service commitment. So they were in Turkey for four years. Um, so that was pretty interesting. But then again, you can end up in the middle of nowhere. Uh, that's another potential like outcome. Uh, that so could it's be, that could be a, a drawback as well, right? <laughs> that's 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 a that's the other drawback. So one of the interesting drawbacks about the military is like when I emphasize on need, it's what they really need in the military because something that can happen that I didn't discuss about is what if you didn't match and you did your year, your transitional year, or your intern year. Once you finish that, especially intern year, you've trained as the year as a physician, you qualify for the Air Force to be a general medical officer, a GMO. Sometimes they're called flight surgeons. And you will do a two-year service period, a mandatory service period, as basically a general medical officer. You'll be like a general physician for two years. And then you, you're required to apply to the match again, or I've heard you could just finish up your service commitment and then apply to the match to, to match again. Um, but drawbacks, another one you could say is like, you have a service commitment. These are four years of your life. You're not getting back. Like if you meet somebody, um, and you end up, you end up with a relationship, you have a partner, you have to make sure and explain to your partner, like the commitment isn't just to like the, to med, to like, you're in medical school that takes a lot of time. 
but also they have to understand that you are going to end up being in the military. You are going to serve in the armed forces and that will cause you to move around. And mm-hmm. that's kind of difficult because if, you're, if your partner is also a professional, they also, in, in you got, and they end up getting married, that basically you have to move, everybody has to move together, preferably. Right. So. Right. Yeah. You know, for anybody that may be listening that isn't in this situation or that isn't in medical school just yet with the military scholarship, um, what, do you, what are some recommendations that you have for them? How do they either get started? What is the process to just even start um, researching some of this information? Oh, um, it's actually pretty easy. You can go to the Air Force website and or even type in online. Go look up uh, HPSP, uh, HPSP, the Health Profession Scholarship Program, and just type in what branch you're interested in. You can go contact them, talk to them. They'll talk to you. They're very good about it. Um, actually, my recruiter, his name is Daenerys Mitchell. So shout out to Mr. Mitchell. Sergeant. <laughs> Technical Sergeant Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, Technical Sergeant Mitchell. He's he's a great, he's a really awesome guy. I really appreciate him. He helped me out a lot. Super knowledgeable guy. Um, he it helped quite a bit if you look up. Another thing is like we're very open about it, about anything. So if you know somebody or will need to talk to somebody, like just reach out to like somebody like me or even myself. And yeah, I don't mind discussing like pros cons like what are your expectations of the future do you want to be an academic physician where um do you want more autonomy because if you want to serve in the military you don't have to do the hpsp you can do the uh, fap which is the fellowship assistance program so basically you finish your four years of medical school you get accepted into a residency somewhere and then you apply for the fap Okay, so there and are other options then. There are yeah. other options. These aren't the only options. So there are many options. and But one of the biggest things I do say that I do have to tell people is you have to realize that you are joining the military. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really, don't take the decision lightly. This is a very big decision, um, just like anything. But this one I feel has a little bit more weight because you are coming into an agreement. Um, that basically will change your life forever. Yeah, and an agreement that doesn't end just when you graduate, right? Like that continues to go even after the fact. So yeah, exactly. There, there are. I like to put it like this. And one thing I learned um, during training is like this: this agreement has very real consequences if you don't follow through with it. So, um, just kind of it's like it has real consequences. Like so, like if you really want to do it. More power to you. I did it. Do I recommend people to do it? Yes and no. Yeah. Uh, if you want to serve in the military, if you want to push your like push yourself in it, not just in like the academic sense, but like um, in a sense of leadership and like just expose yourself to like other ways of thinking um, that are beyond like medicine, because this can have like international interactions that are very different. Um, then yeah, go for it join the military. If you're hesitant and you're kind of on the fence and it's more of a financial need, I would actually sit down and think it a little bit better because there, trust me, there's a lot of resources. Once you get into medical school, loans are not the end of the world. People need to realize that you will be able to pay it off. You're going to be a physician. 
you alone as a physician, as a family physician, would be more than able to. But um, also, if you feel like you want to serve your country, then another reason to do it. But yeah, don't don't be afraid. Uh, if actually, if anybody wants to talk to me, um, uh, we can share our email. My email is Hector Rivera, M A R R E R zero one at etrgv.edu. Reach out to me um, if you have any questions regarding this. And yeah. Yeah, because we have other students, I think, that are also in the same situation, right? And um, Mm -hmm. I know that other students have talked about some of the unknowns. And so I think when you say there are pros and cons, some of the cons that you're mentioning may be pros for other people and vice versa, right? It it really does depend on what it is that you want your lifestyle to look like in medical school and outside of medical Mm -hmm. school. Because once you graduate, you're right, that there's a level of commitment you know, for so many years after the fact that you is going, that is going to change your life essentially. So um, I think those are very valid points that you bring up. And I think that if anybody has any other questions, you know, definitely reach out to Hector. I think he can be a good support system. Um, and if not, like you said, Hector, you don't know all the answers, but you definitely can guide them. Right. And, and hopefully yeah. provide them with other resources. Yeah. We have a, we have a Facebook group actually started, I believe by my recruiter. And it's a very open space. Like um, you can ask questions and people that have been through it will DM you on Facebook through Facebook Messenger. They'll even give you their phone numbers. You can give them a call, have a Zoom meeting. People are very open to like discuss everything um, because it's it's a very like long, lengthy process. It's con- it's very complex at times. Um, so it's yeah. it's good at least we're open about it i will say we're very open about everything so right good okay well thank you so much for talking to us about this um is there anything else that you would like to say or leave behind for our listeners um i don't know make sure you read every contract <laughs> you, <sign. laughs> no, you no, should no. be doing but that I, anyways <laughs> you should be doing that anyway no, no, no. but uh on, on a more serious note like um just if you're thinking about medical school, uh, just think about it wisely. Uh, if you're doing it for money, ironically, they say typically don't always do it for the money. There are other, many other avenues, but make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that is to you individually. Yeah. And um, if you find, hopefully you find your path. Luckily, from the looks of it, I think I found mine. So that's why I think I'm very happy with it. Yeah. All right. Well, we can't wait to see what um, the future has in store for you through the military and outside of that. But thank you so much for talking to us. And uh, thank you to the listeners for joining us on another podcast episode. Until next time. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you in the next episode.